Hi everyone, this is Danielle Watley and you're listening to HBA BuildCast. Hi everyone, welcome back to HBA BuildCast. We are here with Jason Inman and Ray Pankern from Legacy Wealth Partners. They are an HBA bronze industry partner and a very valued member of the HBA. Thank you for being here today. We're glad to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, great to be here. Awesome. Well, since y'all are, you know, old pros at the show at this point, why don't y'all just tell us, just remind our new listeners what y'all do. Well, we're a financial planning firm here in in Baton Rouge, and our goal is to serve all of the members of the association. Uh, And it can relate to everything from personal financial planning to business financial planning and everything in between from investments, insurance. Uh, But we would base everything off of the plan, like building a house. And so that's that's kind of one of the themes that you'll hear us talk a lot about. Yeah, if I could I, I condense what we do in one sentence is we take the anxiety out of building wealth, right? There's so much noise, so much tension, everything going on this past year where we can add value to the members is we, you know, we offer a place where you can share with us what you're trying to do and take that anxiety out of achieving your financial goals. So that's that would be like just a one sentence to condense what we do on a day-to-day basis. Well, speaking of the past year, um, what would you say is the biggest financial lesson that you've learned going through the past year? COVID, everything involved with this past year exposes some things that, you know, looking at business, for example, I, have, I had business owners who thought their business was recession-proof. Take the energy sector, for example. They just thought, no matter what happens, people always need energy. But you see a lot of layoffs. Uh, people that had you know, the builders, for example, you see in inflation, you see in uh, the prices of, of lumber increase astronomically that affected many business owners. And so you just learn that the assumptions you made about your own business could, you know, could very well change when you have a, an event like COVID come in. So, you know, the fundamentals of financial planning are still true, regardless of what you do, you know, kind of the, the, the rainy day fund, the planning aspect. And so we just learned that those tried and true principles that we we recommend everybody they apply to everybody and so that probably be my biggest lesson from last year what about you jay yeah i think uh you know one of the things that we really kind of encourage our clients through the planning process to do is to maintain uh, a certain level of liquidity and then what i see that has happened over the last year is businesses have been so affected by the shutdown the pandemic that a lot of businesses were not prepared for that and did not have the right amount of liquidity uh, available and cash. And so that's a, that's a kind of a lesson that I think a lot of people have learned. The challenge with that and maintaining a large amount of cash is inflation. Inflation's on the rise. We're looking at increasing in pricing when you're looking at lumber cost and building cost, not just lumber. Lumber's one that we all talk about, but uh, even a lot of the other materials that go into building have increased so much. So not maintaining liquidity is a challenge, but if you have so much cash, your cash is losing some of its purchasing power and buying power because of inflation. So there is a challenge there. So that's one of the things that we have to be more prudent as business owners and making sure we have a plan for these types of events because Lord knows we don't want to have another pandemic, but things happen in business just like it does in life. And so uh, really trying to make sure our clients are prepared. That's been, a, that's been a, a, another conversation that we've had, additional conversation to getting through the pandemic, getting through the different challenges of the last year, but 
what can we do differently moving forward? Mm-hmm. So I, I would say that's probably the biggest thing that yeah. I've seen. Yeah, there's definitely a tension with, as you said earlier, too much cash versus not enough cash. I mean, you have to have the rainy day fund. But too much of the rainy day fund, it's losing value. So that's where having professionals like us can talk through what you're trying to do and really give you that sweet spot. Here's what you want to keep in cash. Here's your idea to maximize that money that's not allocated towards that rainy day reserve. That's good. I mean, I'm sure for businesses as well as individuals, like were you finding that people were able to save through the pandemic? Like I know there was a lot of government assistance for businesses in general that people were able to take advantage of. But just for everyday life, like, you know, for businesses, were, what was the difference that you saw between, I don't know, were people a little bit more willing to still invest in things like that? Or were they just very like, I'm going to keep my cash with me right now? I, I think your, the initial response was, I need, to, I need to hang on to the cash, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a lot of conversations. We were very proactive with our clients back in, in March of 2020 when the market made such a, a downturn and we tried to kind of reassure some of our clients we're in a long-term strategy mm-hmm. here and I honestly believe believed at the time and it proved out to be true that this was like a six to eight week market pullback and then that we would we would bounce right back because of it wasn't like fundamentals in the market it was something outside of that that was affecting the market so we had those conversations so the clients have kind of stayed the course with that. Of course, the market came roaring back and has been up ever since. Uh, you know, because March of last year of 2020 was the end of a bull run that we had had going on since March of 2009. And so with that pullback, it actually started a new bull run uh, that was really more quantified in, in August. But uh, so those that kind of stayed the course and, and our investment strategies are a lot of times, uh, they're long-term strategies. So we're not trying to get in and out of the market, uh, but we're trying to build long-term strategies for growth. So I think there was a, there was kind of a, at first reaction was I needed to hold on to cash. I know there's some government, government assistance out there for some, but not for everyone, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. so, so it was tough. Uh, we had a lot of, a lot of tough conversations with business owner clients and, and help them navigate through that. Uh, I think they've appreciated that advice that they were able to receive. And uh, we were glad to be able to help them through that. But there's still people that are struggling mm-hmm. through that, you know. And so I, I think initially people want to hold on to cash. But we did see a lot of investment in, in the market moving forward mm-hmm. throughout 2020. Yeah, I mean, so we saw all kind of different cases. I mean, I remember I had a client who... He worked in the energy sector, got let, let go, couldn't find any other jobs. Government assistance was a little bit, mm-hmm. but he had to actually cash in his retirement account to, oh, wow. to sustain his lifestyle. There were some that you look at people that are in the mortgage industry, the real estate industry. I mean, this is probably the best year of their careers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's really industry specific, uh, life specific, and really the fundamentals, right? If you had the rainy day fund, you were able to get through those, those early months. And look, when COVID hit, None of us had a clue. I mean, you're talking about like the, the black plague coming through. So you're, you're, you're wondering if you're even going to make it through right. yourself. So we all, you know, you tend to just be more protective, protect your family. Hoarding toilet paper, right? We saw a lot of that. <laughs> that we all made decisions because you know, there was a lot of fear. But as things change, science advanced, um, we have seen people a little more enthusiastic about, you know, maybe pulling some money out of cash and putting it in the market because they're realizing that I'm not making anything in my checking account, my savings account, 
and I'm seeing the stock market go, you know, just making all this money. Absolutely. So I don't want to miss out on opportunities. So back to the planning. We were a firm believer and your story is your story. So we can't just give, we can give kind of a broad, broad advice on what we would do. But we understand that, you know, if you told me your financial story, your personal story, it's different from Jason's, different from mine. So understanding you, your situation will dictate the advice that's relevant for you. Mm-hmm. Go, uh, circling back to the residential real estate market, I mean, obviously it's at an all-time high right now with interest rates at such a low rate. What are y'all's thoughts on first-time home buyers buying homes, or is it safer to rent until the market settles? Like, what are y'all thoughts there? I mean, we, I'm definitely pro buying your own home. I believe, you know, I believe it's a better use of your money. It's a great investment um, versus renting. Uh, back to kind of what Ray just said previously, it all depends on individual recommendations and individual mm-hmm. situations. Uh, we try to be very careful making broad recommendations because every situation is uniquely different. Uh, you know, the market is the, the real estate market has been crazy hot. I mean, you're looking at houses going up for sale, and within hours they got 12, 15 different offers. I mean, it's just unbelievable, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, there are definitely some some real estate professionals in our association, maybe better to give that type of advice. But uh, by and large, I, I'm definitely for buying versus renting. Uh, of course, if you can buy investment property as well and rent that out, that's a, that's a, great, <laughs> that's a great investment as well. That's one of the things I think maybe a little bit unique with, with our advice is uh, we look at each situation differently. And at times people are sur- surprised that I'm like, yeah, I think investment property would be a, a great thing for your portfolio. And they're like, well, you don't want to just offer me investment. I'm like, yeah, I think it's a diversity, though, in your mm-hmm. portfolio, mm-hmm. you know. And so we believe in that. We believe in, in real estate as a great investment, you know, not just for your personal home. So, I mean, my advice by and large would be to buy. I know it's a, a crazy hot market right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and inventory, you know, I mean, it's something that, that hopefully with the building costs, we can sustain that. So uh, I'm excited for that moving forward. There's a lot of navigating that's going to have to take place for us. Uh, and hopefully some of those building costs keep coming down is what I'm, what I'm hopeful. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it, back to it's, it's your own personal situation, but just basic, basic financial spending. You don't want over, to overextend yourself. One of my, One of my personal family rules is, I didn't buy a house with that required both income for myself and my wife because there's no assurance that we're both going to have our jobs. If somebody loses their job, it puts more pressure on you. Most divorces happen because of financial strain. So there are, you know, you can go online, look, what percentage of my income should I allocate towards a mortgage? And, you know, guys like Dave Ramsey's one where he's, he's really good about managing debt. And I would just say that make sure you don't overextend yourself because there could be a real estate correction. There could be a better time to buy. But if your numbers work out and you find that right home and the numbers make sense where you're going to be okay, uh, even if there's a real estate correction, but your mortgage your mortgage expense is enough for you to be okay, then yeah, it makes sense to buy real estate. But for some, it's just not the right time. Renting is not a bad thing. I think I think sometimes we, uh, I agree with real estate being as, 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 the, as, a pers- as a great investment and I, you know, I own real estate. But sometimes it's okay to wait. It's okay to give yourself a, a time to maybe save more money because there is freedom in renting. So your situation will dictate that, but make sure you just use it with wisdom. Don't overextend yourself, even because there is that um, fear of missing out, right? Like mm-hmm. the inventory is low. 
like, yeah, yeah, I'm just going to buy that house. And <laughs> you kind of saw that in 2008 where a lot of people were buying houses they shouldn't. And when the market corrected yeah. themselves, they were overextended. So there is wisdom in doing it. Uh, but yeah, if, if it makes sense for your financial situation, it's okay to, to buy, a, buy a house right now. I think that's a great point to bring up because I think a lot of people, when they go into buying a home, they think it's just the mortgage, like it would be the rent. And they don't realize, you know, if your air conditioning breaks, then that's on you now, you yeah. know, like all of those really large expenses that all sits there. So that rainy day fund that y'all referred to, like that has to be maintained along with your lifestyle, along with your mortgage payment, everything. Yeah. 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 On the same note, um, what would you say that you find that your clients neglect when it comes to financial planning? A lot of the people listening to this podcast are business owners. And one of the things I find is business owners, they keep investing in their business because they know that I, you know, I know if I put money into this, this project, it's going to make this type of return for me. But what we've learned is that you want to diversify your, the way you invest your money, not only in your business, but in yourself. I had a meeting with a client has a very successful business, but he said, Ray, the reason I have you as my financial planner is to keep me accountable to help me build my personal wealth, help me build stuff for my family. Because although my business is doing great and I think it's going to continue to grow for the next five years, it may not. And I want to make sure that if something does happen to my business, that I'm taking care of my family. So it's just making sure you not only diversify in the different investments, but diversify where you're putting your money because we learned that nothing is guaranteed. Nothing is guaranteed. So just making sure that clients are always thinking about the what if. What if my business slows down? What if there is an unforeseen disability? And you know, we talk, talk about planning because we've seen it work. We're able to help clients mitigate risk. So what we do is understand your story and then give recommendations to say, hey, you're, you're putting all your money into your business. Here, here's maybe an idea to mitigate some of that risk and putting money into some other vehicle for you. So that'd be, that'd be one thing I would say to that. I would just add to that when it comes to financial planning, and we've heard this said, but the, the statistic is true. Most people spend more time planning their vacations than they do the 25 or 30 years that they're going to spend in retirement. We all kind of chuckle and laugh, but it's it's so it's true. true. Yeah. And so the the people that really benefit from planning are those that actually get involved in the planning. Mm -hmm. And so... Uh, what we've seen is if we can build that foundation we mentioned mentioned earlier, uh, just like a house. Okay, so uh, a few years ago we built kind of our dream home. It all started with the plan. And my wife and I love to get into the details of that, even to some of the design elements of it just for fun for ourselves. But it all started with the plan. Well, today we're living in the beautiful dream home that was, our, that was on the plan. And we executed that plan. And so... We equate that to our financial life. If someone will sit down and help and say, hey, look, I want you to help me design. This is where I want to be in 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Then we can help them model that out. And then through the process, just like you get inspections, just like you have supervisors checking on the job, we're like the coach in there and say, okay, we're on target here. You said you wanted to hit these goals. This is how we're going to do it. And then each year or each quarter or whatnot, we check in and make sure that we're executing the plan. And so that's my biggest encouragement is, and that's one of the reasons why Ray's taking kind of the, the, the point in our financial planning practice is that is a huge cornerstone to the success of our clients is making sure you have a plan in place 
and then you're executing that plan. And so our clients that have engaged us on that level have benefited greatly from those that are just kind of like, hey, I'm just kind of winging it here. Yeah. Well, you're going to spend 25 or 30 years of your life based on what you either planned or what you winged. Mm-hmm. And so if you clearly articulate your goals, I mean, clearly, and they're, they're achievable, there's a 95% probability of those being accomplished if you have somebody to keep you accountable. Okay. Mm-hmm. So where we come in is you have clearly articulated your goals. We, we help you determine, yeah, that's achievable. And then we come in and, and then now you have us on your team to keep you accountable because the reality is, you know, it's easy to spend money, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, exactly. we live in a world where I can do any purchase on my phone. So having the accountability to achieve those goals, the clearly defined goals, the plan, and then us, we find our clients have less anxiety about about wealth. They're not as stressed out. Right. They weren't stressed out last year because they have to say, it's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. The plan still works. The plan still works. I have a client plan on retiring at age 63. He works in the energy sector. He's going to have to retire at age 60. And I'm like, hey, based on the plan, you're going to be okay. And he's like, you know what? Thank you. Thank you. I needed to hear that. So that's the, the beauty of what we do is that that's one of our favorite things to say is that, hey, we, we put in the work and you're going to be okay. And I mean, we have clients literally tell us the burden has been lifted off my shoulders because this is this is this world can be hard. It can be very stressful. And so we take a lot of a lot of pleasure in in helping our clients ha- not have that anxiety and really help them achieve those goals that they thought were possible. But when we help them make it happen, it's one of the most rewarding things in our business. I bet. I mean, in general, as a business owner, I think like kind of playing into what you both said, like you don't really know a when to pay yourself and when to start making sure that you're okay because you're just trying to make sure your business is good. So like, where is that line? Is it individual for everyone? Or is there like a certain amount you should be like sort of making sure that you have planned for yourself or just to, you know, what's that difference there? I'll take that. It's, um, it's going to be different for every person, you know, and, and, uh, Ray mentioned Dave Ramsey earlier, some of the statements that he's made over the years, I hadn't agreed with 100% because it's not specific enough for each person. And he can't. He's speaking to a large audience and does a great service for, for the audience he serves. But for you individually or for a business owner or one of our members, their situation is absolutely specific to them. It's different than everyone else's. So the advice that we give is specific to their situation. And you're right. That's always – we love working with business owners, as you can tell – uh, that's always the conversation that we have because they want to know is, okay, I want to make sure my business is healthy enough because that's kind of the, the golden goose here. But at the same time, I need to be paying myself. There's some things we want to do personally. Mm-hmm. And so as we get to know their situation more, we can make specific recommendations to, to answer those questions and then alter those as we move forward as their life changes. Just like you know, having kids, your life changes – your business changes. It grows. You add, mm-hmm. you subtract, you know, but everything changes. So having an ongoing conversation, having some, a team is one of the things we always really emphasize with our clients and making sure you have a team approach. And uh, that way, the plan, the team, then you execute that. And then that's where you're going to see the, the success, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. 
So in general, I mean, planning for the future is obviously, I mean, I like the quote that you said, because honestly, I've only heard it in weight loss with having somebody mm-hmm. hold you accountable, but it makes so much sense for financial planning as well. And mm-hmm. it's, I think a lot of people don't realize that even just taking a small portion of your paycheck and making sure that it goes towards that can make a massive difference in the future. Right. I know y'all don't, I know everybody is a little bit more specific, but if you had to give more of a general sort of best practice when it comes to making sure that even on a small level that you're investing in your future, what would that recommendation be? You know, ideally, if you could be saving 10 to 15% of your income towards some retirement uh, account would be great. But we also understand that may be just a massive number for somebody, right? You make, oh man, that's a lot. I, I mean, I'm, I'm barely have enough money to pay my bills. So we recommend start with something. I mean, mm-hmm. could, could you afford 25 bucks a month, 50 bucks a month. You could. I mean, if you really looked at your numbers, there's that, okay, may I don't need that coffee. May I, I don't need that Netflix account. I mean, there's this thing you can go without to put in a little bit of money. Because what we find is, especially if you're younger, it's like a seed. I mean, you don't put, you know, this, the tree takes a long time to become a tree. But that little seed, $25, is, is thousands of dollars when you retire. And then as you, we hope you're, your, your income improves, your wisdom improves, you're gonna be more marketable, so you're gonna see an increase in income. You just have the discipline to just increase that amount to get to a place where 10 to 15% of your income is going into that. And planning is also important too, because you may say, Ray, here's what I, here's what I wanna spend in retirement in today's dollars. Here's what I'm doing. Here's, and so we can forecast by doing that, you're gonna be okay. For some, it may be, they're making such good money, only 5% of their income. So it's really understanding what do you need in retirement and then having a plan to say, okay, I need to save at least this amount of money each month to achieve that goal, to do that. But yeah, just save something. Anything towards this goal is going to be helpful because it's easy to defer. We've seen many people that I'll start tomorrow and tomorrow's, you know, all of a sudden the kid comes and then, you know, I'm buying a house and then I, you know, I got to need the furniture. It's like all of a sudden it's like, I'm now 50 or I'm approaching retirement, Ray, can you help me? And it's like, we don't have a magic wand. We can't make we can't make this happen. So having the discipline early on. I wish, you know, I grew up in a in a broken home where there's no there was no financial education. I wish I was taught when I made money, put money into like a Roth IRA. Just do that, because that'd be worth hundreds of thousands of dollars today, just by putting a little bit of money each month. I think just like you mentioned earlier about the the gym, you know, it's it's about muscle memory. And to kind of echo what Ray was saying, you know, we work with clients of various income levels. We work with some that are employees at companies that are participating in a 401k plan maybe we set up. And with those employees, I say, look, start somewhere. You know, and, and just increase it every six months, whatever, just increase a percent here or there. And I and, and to to echo what he said, the sweet spot to me is if you can get between 10 and 15 percent, going to ask kind of a specific question, 10 to 15 percent of your income going toward retirement, you're going to be well on your way. You know, if we had to just give kind of a rule of thumb from that standpoint, but it's just muscle memory. It's just the toughest piece of equipment in the gym is the front door, you know, getting yeah. started. And then it does help to have someone that keeps you accountable and just says, hey, how are we doing? You know, and so... Uh, th- those are the things, and honestly, I love to see someone start, and then a year, two, three years later, they're like, I can't believe what we've accomplished in mm-hmm. three, four years just mm-hmm. by getting started. Mm-hmm. So that, that'd be my advice. Yeah, if, if 
people are asking, Ray, what do I need to do to retire? I was like, you know, we can't control what the stock market does. So two things you always need to focus on. One, always be saving. I mean, always be saving for your future. And two, as best as possible, walk into retirement with no debt. The people I've seen who are successful in retirement, they have no debt and they just start saving at an early age. They made some decisions financially. They didn't get, they didn't overextend themselves on the mortgage. They didn't buy the newest car. They were always focused on, okay, I want to enjoy my life because there's a balance, but always save for my future. And they're the ones that when, they, when they're approaching retirement, they're like, we're good, we're good. Because they have no debt, got assets, got income, an income strategy from us. So that'd be just kind of a core fundamental is always be saving and achieve to have no debt in retirement. Because those you can control. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I always thought too, you know, people pay like do like auto drafts and all that all the time for their Netflix accounts or whatever. But if it's coming out of your paycheck every month and you never see it, so it's you just never have it in the first place, mm-hmm. but it's always just going somewhere yeah. safe for your future. Yeah. Um, so what would you say um, is the economic data that y'all are paying attention to right now that could affect our members? Yeah, so you talked about earlier a lot of uh, government programs, a lot of stimulus, a lot of money. Uh, well, there, there's a cost to that money. And where does that come from? How does the money, how does the government make money? It's either, you know, putting more, you know, creating more, more dollars or raising taxes. The concern we have is taxes that are all-time low. At some point, you know, if, you, if, you, if we surveyed an audience, they're going to, they raise their hands and they think that taxes are going to go up in the future. So... For those who have, so taxes are one of the things we're heavily watching. Obviously, inflation is one we worry about because there's, you know, we have higher inflation. It, it is a trickle-down effect. You know, if, if, for example, a member building a house, the cost of goods are higher. What does it mean? The price is going to be higher. So there is, there's a place where people's wages are not keeping up, and that, that could affect the economy. So those are the things that I'm, I'm watching. So taxes and inflation are two major ones. What about you, Jay? Yeah, that's... Taxes are going to increase with the amount of spending that we've done and are continuing to do. It's just, it's just simple math. And you couple increasing taxes with inflation where your dollar's buying less, uh, that can be some real challenges. You know, it can be some choppy waters. You know, uh, Ray and I are optimistic as individuals. Uh, but at the same time, we're realistic when we're talking about numbers with, with, our, uh, with our clients. And so there's some real challenges to be navigated moving forward. Uh, and, and at the same time, there's opportunity. You know, the people that are prepared in good markets and bad markets are the ones that can take advantage of even downturns in the market. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been on a tear in the stock market, right? I mean, is the Dow going to go to 40,000? I don't know. Are we at a high right now? I mean, we're, we've been hitting record highs. Mm-hmm. And so the conversations that I've been having with clients is, especially those that are, I'm going to say 55 and older or are getting close to retirement, is they may want to consider moving some of those gains into safer places uh, because the market is going to correct at some point. What is that going to look like? Is that going to be a 10% or 20%? I don't know. I don't know. But we want to make sure we're positioned for that. And one of the things that we're very... Uh, mindful of is we're realistic with our clients. Uh, when the market turned down 20% plus uh, in, in uh, early 2020 with the pandemic, we didn't have a lot of clients calling us and freaking out because we had positioned them and 
kind of manage their expectations for that. And so those are the things that we have to look at. It's just simple math. If taxes are going to go up and you got inflation and maybe hyperinflation, there could be some challenges. And so mm -hmm. we want to make sure that we're prepared for that. And there are opportunities. Anytime there are challenges, there's definitely opportunities. Yeah, and I would agree. So here's an interesting uh, place to go to for the members to cause a little panic. It's called usdebtclock.org, usdebtclock.org. And I took the numbers this morning. Uh, current U.S. debt is at $28.5 trillion, okay? But here's even a scary number. It's called U.S. unfunded liability. So these are the commitments they have to Medicare, Social Security, just all these other programs that are in place. It is currently at $150 trillion. So we just want to you know, be mindful that there are some fundamentals. Back to basic planning. Well, you know, some of the, the rules that we abide by, we sometimes we don't see government spending abide by. And to Jason's point, there's always ways to navigate through this. There's ways to take opportunities on it. Maybe a moment to be more conservative, have more cash. Maybe a moment where, hey, the market does take a dip. Those are great buying opportunities. That's where we can have conversations with clients and say, look, are you comfortable with the stock market going down 10, 20, 30%? We can actually even show clients through our tools that if the coronavirus happened again, if 2008, 2009 happened again, what would happen to your money? And so they can see, oh, wow, I don't want to see my portfolio go down 30%, especially when you start taking money out of it. As he was saying, when you get to 55, you start to think, okay, my, my time at, at working is coming to an end. So it makes sense to preserve some of the assets you've worked so hard to grow. So each person's situation is different, but just understanding that there's a price to pay with some of this stuff. Uh, the money's not free. Um, you know, there's, you know, you got a lot of challenges, you know, even looking at um, student loan debt. I think student loan debt is at $1.7 trillion of student loan debt out there. It surpassed credit card debt. So there's just, there's some economic things that we go, we got to pay attention to this. We, we, need, we need to, we're proactive. Uh, we wait, make clients aware of it. But just making sure from a planning standpoint, if one of these events happened, are you going to be okay? Because really, at the end of the day, we want to make sure that stuff like this does happen because there'll be a correction. Things happen. Uh, we want to make sure, are you going to be okay? So just for y'all's business practice, how proactive are you with your clients? So if you see something that's coming up like this, are you, if you have, if they're, say their money is in more riskier uh, stocks, you know, are you kind of proactively reaching out to them and saying, hey, let's reevaluate, let's come in for a meeting, we'll talk about where you want to be and mm -hmm. what we're kind of tracking? Or do yeah. you kind of wait for them to kind of come to you with like any anxieties? No, no, no. Uh, being proactive is the key. And, and kind of think about it this way. Um, we work really hard in the, in the beginning, especially, to determine a client's risk level, their comfort in the market, their time horizon, their goals. So we have, we're not going to put someone at risk in the market that shouldn't be in the market. Mm -hmm. you know, and so that's why we don't have to react at times to the market. And, and again, when the market went down in 2020, we didn't have a, a lot of clients calling us and freaking out because we really work hard to be proactive with them. Mm -hmm. If you're 45 and you got money sitting in a retirement account and you're not retiring for 20 years, you're not going to be reacting every time the market 
has volatility, right? Because you're consistently buying. And if you're consistently buying, you're buying at different points. So when the market goes down, you're buying lower then, right? So the way that we've instituted being proactive is in our planning process. Mm -hmm. Because most people are reactive, and it's a great question. Most people are reacting to what happens to them rather than having a proactive plan in place. And the proactive plan brings confidence. You know, hey, there's, there's storms coming, right? I mean, we know there's going to be hurricanes this season, you know, and so, you know, if you live on the coast, you're prepared for that, right? You're not surprised by that. Same thing in, in, in the financial world. Storms are going to come. Mm-hmm. And what we do is work really hard to be proactive in our planning and then making sure our clients are prepared for that. And that way we're not reacting to the market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's so much volatility. And one of the things I learned in 2008, 2009 uh, when I was, you know, when I was working in Dallas, is that people overreacted and they got out of the market completely, and they never got back in. And so what we try to make sure is there's two things that that, that you, we need to be aware of when it comes to investing: time. So it is a long-term investment. So if you're somebody who says, "Ray, I'm saving up for a house. I got 50 grand in my bank account. What should I do?" And our advice would be, leave it in the bank account. Because what I don't want to do is six months from now, your 50 grand could be 40 grand, right? So time. Then temperament. Are you okay with risk? I mean, risk. Everything involves risk. But if you if you're going to be calling us every day because your account went up a dollar here, a dollar there, then you may not have the temperament to do that. So we we want to understand before we make that investment recommendation, we understand your comfort level and just say, look, we talked about it. There's gonna there's we wish you could tell you that every year the market's going to make money. That's not reality. But from point A to point B, right over a, a 10 year, 20 year time horizon. Amazon, Apple, I mean, these companies are going to grow. Disney, they're going to grow. But there's going to be ups and downs. And with all the connectivity of, of what's going on, people can make trades on their phone. It's a global market. Sometimes you hear something going on in Greece that affects our market. There's a lot of upswings and downswings. And look, you turn on to the, 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 the financial news, fear sells, the, the, the intensity sells. Like just, ah, you know, it's, it's red, it's green. You get very confused. You have to have time. You have to have the temperament. And if you, if you really understand those two, then when there is a correction, you're going, okay, we talked about it. I'm going to be okay. I can ride this storm out. Because things do correct. It may take it may take a couple months, like it did from coronavirus. It may take years, but it does correct itself over time. So playing into kind of where the market's at right now and people kind of taking things into their own hands, you know, there's different trends in cryptocurrency and everybody kind of being able to, you know, trade on their phones and different apps. What are y'all's, you know, kind of opinion on that right now? And is this something that, I mean, like you said, temperament plays into a lot of it. So if somebody's doing that, they obviously are okay with kind of the fluctuations you would have to be, I imagine, because you're not a professional at that point. But what do you would say is the pros and cons of those? Yeah, so it's great that... The access to invest, the the ease of it is is awesome because you know you're seeing everyday people putting money into cryptocurrency, the the stock market. Crypto is one of those assets that are you know it's kind of like the wild wild west still. Uh, what we tell clients look you know as a firm, it's not part of what we are we're implementing into strategies, but we understand that crypto has been a you know, if you time it right, you can make a lot of money in crypto, but also you can lose it just like that, right? Mm-hmm. So just be mindful that I'd sell if you want to invest in crypto, you gotta be okay 
that you lose every dollar. Yeah, so just make gambling. Uh, <laughs> so if you're you put in a thousand, five thousand, ten thousand, and it, it turns to zero, you're not gonna you're not missing a mortgage payment. So you gotta be okay with that. Yeah. Also, too, because of the rapid appreciation, what people aren't considering is there's gonna be taxes on that money. So let's say you put in ten thousand dollars, and your ten thousand, you hit it right, turn it to fifty thousand. Now ah, I'm cashing it in. I'm gonna buy that Tesla I always dreamed about. Well, all of a sudden the tax man comes. And so you you just made $40,000 on this investment. You got to pay taxes on that money. So I would caution people. We're all for, if you if you feel comfortable investing in crypto after we said that, we're for that. But just keep in mind, if you make money, there's going to be taxes. A lot of the retail investing, you're hearing a lot of people, you know, day trading. I read a story of a guy who lost $80,000 on paper. He lost $80,000 on day trading. Because of the way he sold his stuff, he still owed a, a, an astronomical tax bill because there are rules that, that go into trading. You can't just sell a stock and buy a new stock and just, oh, you know, I realize that, I realize that, you know, that, that loss or that gain. There's a little more complexity to it. So you have to understand the rules of the game before you play it. Because if not, you could be, you could be, you could have a, a, a big surprise when you're doing your taxes and going, wait, I lost 80 grand and I owe money. How is that possible? Because of the way the tax code works specifically towards investing. I agree with everything that Ray said. I mean, crypto is here. Um, in our investment world, it's not part of the portfolios that we offer currently. So we don't give advice to clients based on that. Uh, just, but personally, you know, I find it, I'm interested in crypto. I think it's I think it's neat. I agree with Ray. It's kind of the wild west. You know, one of the things when you're looking at crypto and you start talking a lot about hearing a lot about day trading, people sometimes confuse a bull run with brains. Because when the bull is running, you don't have to be real smart. You know really what you're doing a lot to make some money. And so that's the thing that I caution. We have clients that love to kind of dabble in that. And the way they always pose it to us is, y'all handle my, my serious money. My, I got to have it at retirement or, or whenever I need it. This is kind of my play money. And some of them do really well with it. And some of them enjoy that. Some of them enjoy it because they're not stressed that that's going to be how they retire. You know, and so they kind of get some enjoyment out of it. So we love having those conversations and those clients are fantastic. Uh, but like Ray said, when you're looking at highly speculative, either penny stocks, day trading, uh, cryptos, you need to have a, a perspective of if I lost this, I'm okay. You know, I'm not doing this with, with serious money. Uh, and so that, that's kind of only our caution, but we love having those conversations. I think it's neat that more and more people are engaged in investing. I think that's going to help people, uh, even young people. There's a lot of 18 and 19 and 20 year olds that are really interested in that. I have nephews. My 13 year old son has me do some investing for him in cryptos and, and uh, penny stocks and stuff like that. So I enjoy that. I think it's great. I think it's going to, going to help a lot of people, but at the same time, we can't confuse a bull run with brains. That's mm -hmm. kind of, you know, because right now, there's a lot of easy ways to make money in those spaces. But again, when the market corrects and things like that, just need to be prepared is all I would say. Yeah, I mean, it, there's a lot of emotion. I mean, people are looking at crypto. It could be their lottery ticket. Because mm -hmm. I actually know somebody that 
they, they timed it right. They put in a certain amount of money into crypto and they, they made millions. You know, so there is that story. Mm-hmm. So that's the story you hear. So you go, well, if, if they could do it, I know that person, I can do it too. And so there is, sometimes it's luck, sometimes it, it, it's you got the right timing. But there's a lot of emotion too. This is, is, most people talk about their winners. You know, the gambler always talks about the winners, but not the losers. And we're just here to tell you that there is, there's the other side of the story too. So just, just be mindful, get some advice. We, we all, we're all for taking risk on yourself, you know, finding ways to make money. We're all for, learn, for learning. I mean, you, you invest in the stock market, you're going to learn some things. Mm-hmm. But as he said, as, he, as Jason said earlier, and I said earlier, you got to be okay with losing it too. Because what I don't want to happen is, I mean, here are the people that have taken out second mortgages on their home to invest in crypto. Wow. Imagine that, you know, so there's just, we just, you know, we, we, we want to say, if you do it, just understand the rules of the game and how this works. And if you do that and you're okay with it, then we're all for it. Well, I think you'll bring up a lot of great points because I mean, like you said, you have to, I mean, I don't think a lot of people may understand that there's taxes involved in these gains. And then at the same time, you know, you just have to be able to prepare for that in the future. So, I mean, Thank you all for enlightening me, at least. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I have anything, but I do know a lot of people in my life that are interested in it because it is, you know, you have to be able to have a professional like y'all to be able to save the important money, like you said. Right. You know, like you can have play money, but kind of knowing that difference and making sure that you're still safe and provided for right. and your family's prepared 100%. for. 100%. Yeah, well said. Speaking of families, what would y'all say is sort of like your best way to just kind of make sure that like expenses that come up in everyday life, like if it's education or planning for a family or making sure that you're balancing business with, you know, those new things. Do they, do your clients come to you when they're like, Hey, we're going to start having kids soon and we want to plan for their college tuition or really just how much daycare is, is phenomenal. (laughs) So what do y'all, what y'all's plan when you have somebody come in like that? Yeah, so it's back to there's there's your own, per, your family vision, you know. So uh, my family's made a decision where my wife is staying home, with you know with the kids, but there may be people that want to you know a spouse that continues to work, and so understanding okay if if you're gonna if you're gonna do that understand the costs associated with that right. Uh, also another thing to think about is when you're married you you know you're not thinking about your mortality as much, but when you pass when you have a kid. It's like, oh, wow, like if I die, there's a financial responsibility that's still there for my child. So begin to think about, we help people see beyond just the beauty of having a children. We have children. I just had a child. So, you know, I know there's so much joy, but there is some things that people don't think about. And what we find is a lot of people who start a family, they begin to take their financial planning a little more serious Mm -hmm. because it's weightier, right? It's, It's now there's a cost to not being able to retire, you know, they think about, you know, there's a cost to not being prepared for college. And so we help people figure out what is your vision for your family? Do you want your child to go to college? Some people would be like, look, I just want to make sure there's some money set aside for my kid if they decide to go to college, but I'm not 100% going to college. There may be someone saying, my kid is going to LSU. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, the, that's the goal. So your situation will dictate what, what are the recommendations. But this is a great point. Anytime you're, you're, we know life changes. If you have a child, uh, you get married, you buy a house, you move, you have a second child, you go through a divorce, you experience a death. Every life event changes the entire structure of your financial house. So back to us understanding you, when there is a change, we say, okay, 
this happened to your your your, your situation, here are the things you got to think about: college planning, uh, rainy day funds, um, you know, daycare expense, life insurance. So we help you see what is necessary and then help you implement those strategies. So really your personal vision for your family, which is an important thing, like what is it you want for your family and help you map out what are the things associated to help make, make sure that happens. Yeah, I mean, the, the fun things to talk about in our world is the investments and, and kind of plan all of that. The things that are necessary are part of that foundation in the plan or the risk management when it comes to life insurance or disability insurance uh, because I've seen that firsthand you know, not all of us live to 80. Some people die, and you can't replace people with, with uh, dollars, but you can definitely soften the financial impact. And so that's such an important but not really exciting thing to talk about. Most people don't want to deal with their own mortality. And I'll tell you this, I don't mind sharing. Uh, not so much now, but, you know, we have three kids. Just through the years, at different points in time, I would just – maybe lay down in bed at night or whatever, just think, okay, if something happened to me, I know how much life insurance I have, I know how much assets I have. Everybody knows, you you know pretty much what you, what you have. I mean, mm-hmm. you may want to act like you don't, but people know what they have. This is what I have in life insurance, and this is what I owe. And if something happens to me, my wife and kids are taking care of my life to ever worry about them financially. You know, that's a peaceful thought. It's a very stress-free thought. And to do that, it's just not really that expensive. But most people just don't take the time to sit down and evaluate that. So that would be my advice. I mean, I love talking about investments, and Mm -hmm. that's fun and exciting. But what's really necessary is making sure you take care of all the risk. Yeah, One of the saddest things you see is when somebody has to raise a GoFundMe to help support a family. And they raise $20,000, $50,000. That's going to help them out for a little while, but mm-hmm. you know, if you have young children, that's a drop in the bucket. That's yeah. not much. And as Jason was saying, the younger you are, and if you're in decent health, addressing that issue is not that expensive. And so, we, and the cool thing now is because of technology, it's it's an easy problem to fix. It's just helping you see that you know, even think about it, because when you have kids, the 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 worst thing would happen is if I died prematurely. My wife with our children doesn't have enough money to continue doing what she's doing, you know? And so we help you have that conversation. It's, a, it's not a fun conversation, but it's just reality. And mm-hmm. we've seen people that just make the assumption, again, back to, I'll do it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I'll do it tomorrow. And all of a sudden tomorrow comes and either A, they, they, they pass away, or B, they're not in the best health. I mean, we know people with, you know, young children that have cancer, you know? So uh, you, there's, no, there's no guarantee that tomorrow, tomorrow's not promised. It, it, we see it all the time where like, I meant to do this. And it's like, you know, at this point, it's just either too expensive or you, you know, you can't afford to do it. Right. So um, that's where we, you know, when, if people, the, people, the people that are listening, you know, deep down inside what you need to get fixed. And so I'm just here to tell you that there's no promise of tomorrow. So if it makes sense now, financially, everybody's in different situations, but really sometimes these problems are so easy to fix and so inexpensive it's just having the conversation. That's where we can add value to the members of. of no, I've had I've had clients say, "I cannot believe I waited this long and it was that inexpensive." Like they could not believe, you know. So uh, there's a lot of options out there, and uh, making sure it fits into the budget and all of those types of things are very easy. That's my my big advice because I think it's something that's really overlooked a lot. 
Well, I think having an expert that's able to sort of lay that out, because I think a common misconception probably is that it is expensive and that you're going to have to take 50% of your paycheck yeah. or you're like, I absolutely cannot afford that. Right, right. So, I mean, I, especially like you said, when life changes and either you may lose an income or you have a new mouth to feed, it's important to be able to meet with y'all, to meet with experts, to be able to like almost dumb it down to be like, Hey, it's your anxieties up here, but we can bring it back down yeah, here, exactly. you know, just yeah. to be able to level out and understand like a little bit goes a long way, depending on where your situation is in life. So and here's a cool, cool bonus about life insurance is that, that for most people, um, when you get that life insurance death benefit, it's tax free. So you, when you, when you have a half a million dollar, a million dollar, $2 million policy, you're leaving a tax free, you know, uh, amount to your to your beneficiary, so it's not like you leave them five hundred thousand. Half of it goes to the tax man. It, it all goes to them. So it's one of those things that people don't think about. Um, but it just it's it is it is a comforting comforting for me and comforting for Jason to know that something happens to us today, our families are going to be okay. Well, I know we're comforted to have y'all as members and experts in our field that we can you know pick up the phone and you know, connect y'all with any of our members or any of the public that's looking for somebody that can help them in whether it's their business or in their personal lives. Sure. But um, that kind of wraps it up for today. But I just want to thank y'all both for being here and sharing y'all's advice and, you know, everything that's been going on this crazy year. Sure. And it's yeah. nice to know that there's people out there that are making sure all of our members stay whole and healthy in that financial world. Well, we're here to serve the members and there's no, you know, any question that they may have, um, you know, sometimes people think, you know, I don't want to bother them with that. Or it's just, you know, it's just, it's, it's not something I want to email somebody about or call about. Just call us. I mean, we, we take a lot of pleasure in helping people with our wisdom. And sometimes it may be a conversation. Sometimes maybe a quick email. Sometimes it may be a meeting. But we know that that good advice or bad advice is going to change the course of your life. So if we can be those members that provide that good advice that change the course of your life, your business, that's who we want to be for you. So any questions that come up in your personal finance, feel free to reach out to us. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. Yeah. It's been a real pleasure. We love being a part of the association. Love what you guys are doing. And just thank you for inviting us in. Absolutely. Well, that takes care of us today. Thank you all so much for listening and we'll see you on the next one. Absolutely. Well, that takes care of us today. Thank you all so much for listening and we'll see you on the next one.